Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I am a very hungry Christy Mercer. Today we're talking about topical stuff. That's right. And, yes. And most of you might be banging, but I'm all ready to get into it. The Star is Born Part 2. I've got bad news for all myself. Haven't seen it still. <laughs> and that means we're carrying on. I know the show must go I on. I can't it's believe. A, look, I'm going to say time, I'm going to do this to you, but I'm going to say I'm twisting this. I can't believe you've done this to yourself. So this time last week, we'll put the link in show notes. This, a Star is Born. It was probably a week out at cinemas. Stace has seen it. She said, look, I know you haven't seen it, so I'm going to talk around the plots to give you the opportunity within the next week to be able to discover it and watch it for yourself. And many people have written in to us and said, loved the chat, can't wait for part two. Yeah, and and you were all like, so you are getting fair warning. Next week we will be doing this on the 4-on-1 episode, i.e. today, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be talking about it in more detail. In so. fairness, we didn't even talk about The Star is Born in the first week. So you'd already had two weeks to get to the first one. So now you've had three weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. pushing on a month. <sighs> The rest of us are waiting. I know. Um, um, so that's what you'll be talking about. To myself I, and I to be, you listening. I won't be talking about shit because I, I'll just be I'll oh. just listening because I have not seen it. I just – And you've also put me in a position because now I feel like an asshole, and that's unfair. It's unfair. Look, life's unfair. I'll cop it. Like, it's fine because I'm going to go and have my own experience at the movies. You when will I go, cop it. When but- I go and see it in the last week that it's – in season, you know, like that will be my vibe. Yeah, I wonder how long they stay if it stays on. Anyway, that you'll figure that out. Um, I will when I go and <laughs> you see will it see in it. six weeks' time. You'll probably see it on the TV, I can imagine. Okay, I today want to talk about The Block. Ooh, yes. Yeah, for reals though. Sidebar, can we ever remember a time in life where The Block is not on TV? Like mm, I can't, no. genuinely. Oh, I remember Fucking the time Scotty when Cam, I was. He's like, keep that shit rolling. Well, of course he is, Gold Logie, and I'm sure his paycheck is rolling. Um, but I tell you what, Shelley Craft has got it, mate. She lives in Byron, would come down for what a quarter of the year when she's needed to film that show and get the f out of here. She seems like a genuinely nice person. We've I had her on say. the show, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, but just one of those like bubbly, bright. We'll people. put it in um, show notes. Where you're looking for. This has got to be fake, but then you keep digging in there's that's actually just her. Yeah, I reckon she's pretty I get that sense she's from pretty her. Cool. And um, when you're in a job for a very long time, I think that speaks for itself a bit as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. People so, must like her. I want to talk about the block, but also the fact that there's been a lot of money made, fourteen million dollars in profits to be uh, exact. On the block as a whole this, series? No, 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 just this just this particular series of the Gatwick. In St Kilda. But the reason I want to talk about – we'll talk about this, yeah? 
Yeah, sure. First, because there's been controversy around the fact that the Gatwick um, residency that has been in St Kilda in Melbourne for a really long time mm. um, was a home for uh, for drug addicted, alcohol addicted, pe- like people that didn't have a home to go to, homeless mm. people, um, people with issues. And for a lot of people, it, it was a, a, a bit of a place, a bit of an institution that they um, built a sense of community and family around that, mm. as we know, especially with addiction, that um, it can mean that it's a lifelong struggle Mm. you know and you can constantly come in and out maybe you are recovered and then you fall off the bandwagon and it it was a place for some people that I was reading an article today on news.com that for some people it was their kind of sense of home and familiarity and family for over 30 years Mm. and there are a lot of people looking at that that now going well what happens to those residents what happens to those drug affected people well what has well they've essentially been kicked out and and I suppose, you know, moved on to other places that can help them, other shelters for homelessness, you know, centres for people with suffering from addiction. But essentially that was taking away a facility that had really been a lot of people's safety net for a really long time. I think it was looked upon as a real beaten down facility oh, it though, absolutely think, was know. and and growing up around there like that was the place growing up in melbourne that was the place where we always went to fitzroy street down it was literally across the road prince of wales hotel was my stomping ground as it was yours and i always just remember there was always kind of people milling around the outside of there and when you're a chick on your own and all that kind of stuff it was always a bit like not not something to fear or be afraid of, but you were always just kind of aware that there was this kind of derelict, a bit run down joint across the road that you kind of just were, well, for me, I lived in, steer yeah, clear a little bit. I lived you know? in St Kilda for many, many years. And I think a lo- I think the thing that I do love about St Kilda and the people that choose to live there are very, very respected, respective and um, aware of those types of facilities that are around that suburb. There's also, um, I think there's like brothels and bits and pieces that I grew up not grew up, like lived around with friends when we all lived in St Kilda. And living in St Kilda, from my understanding, is a part of the colour. You get, you get, it comes with all of those parts, which is what makes it the to me, yeah, which yeah, yeah. makes it to me the most, one of the most vibrant places to live in Australia. And speaking of those extremities, that's what a new documentary that um, is going to premiere tonight, actually, um, which by the time you would have heard this would have been a couple of days ago, called Judging the Gatwick, that follows residents as they're moved out of out of the place right. before it was sold to Channel 9. Who's doing it? Out what of the network? place of um, Last Resort. Um, the film was created by – the director's name is Genevieve Bailey from Looking Glass Pictures um, and through advertising agency Thinkabell. So uh, all of the profit that they will make from this doco will go towards, you know, Father Bob Maguire's foundation. But is it, it going to be on Channel – like where – I'm just interested to know if Channel 9 have done that or if it's like on the no, ABC no, no, or something. No, no, Channel 9 haven't done it. So it's actually, it's not on Channel 9, it's not on any TV networks or online. They actually premiered the movie on the wall of the Gatwick. Right, and it's not going to be anywhere. No, it actually says here there's going to be unconventional and limited screenings throughout the year with all of the profits of the film going to Father Bob's foundation who has helped helped you know, residents of the Gatwick. It's a complex situation. Over, over I, many years. I mean, just reading a few things in front of me now, they were rehoused in different, you know, housing estates and things. But Kate Lambrook came out and met. She's, you know, very um, proud St Kilda resident in Melbourne. She's a radio broadcaster and she, um, and she spoke about how it actually really um, shook up 
the community a bit. So there was a lot well, – she detected, and this is paraphrasing, um, more violence and just a bit more um, kind of hectic, well, troublesome behaviour. Pl- place for people to go Pretty maybe. much, yeah. But, it, but you do look at that um, extreme nature, and we even see that within um, suburbs um, – I mean, all around the world, but you even see, you know, the places where you grew up around, right? Those mm. inner city suburbs, or I'm sure you can think of one now that was always maybe the rundown, a bit rougher kind of suburb, whether it be near a train station or closer to the city. That they're they're the cool suburbs now. They're the they're the suburbs yeah, that are like it, the multi million dollar got a bit of grit and you can buy a you know six dollar coffee. You know, like they're the places now that extreme nature of seeing that real kind of poverty and lack right next door to this kind of up-and-coming it's interesting. restaurant. My girlfriend is moving house and she's moving across the road from a big bunch of commission flats and I'd lived around commission flats. So for me, I I raised that to her from just a point because she's living on her own and just it's a it's the first time she's moving out on her own. So I raised it from that. She was like, oh, I'm not really phased. Are you? And I was like, oh, God, no. I said... My, I've got family members that live in commission flats. You know, I, you know, that's not something that, um, that yeah, is it is new to me. But there is certainly a, a, an energy around those areas that I think I'm not a hundred percent sure is about the actual energy of the residents or if it's the energy of the community looking in at the residents. I'm still unsure about that because as somebody that lived around commission flats for my entire life in a city um i cannot remember a time where there was was trouble trouble or something so i wonder whether it's yeah a lot of the storylines are about what we project is going on as opposed to what is actually going on Mm. Uh, i you know there's plenty of other times that i felt afraid of walking past things yeah for sure but it is but it is, like you say, it's it's complex. Mm. It's not just a, it's not just a, a straight down the line kind of issue where you can go, this is right or this is wrong. But it is just an interesting. Uh, I just found that an interesting read to take a step back when you see such commercialism, such excess of wealth. Like we have, you know, uh, Channel Nine and and these couples, you know, and and networks and people making millions of dollars in a place where people have lived and died and been so poor that they can't afford a meal. And it's that, interesting. And, and they're not small prizes. I mean, the winner of this year's block, I watched it because I have a friend that did it um, and we've interviewed her on the show before, Bianca, um, and she's a mate. And so I was – I don't really watch the series, but I was keen to see how she went. So we tuned in. And I think the winners walked away with like $600,000. Yeah, it's like, a lot of It's, it's not a, lot a of money. small prize pool. Goodness me. So I think that you're right in that it is a really tricky one to get – to kind of – you know, approach because we're not talking small money either. And no one really came out and said, I'm going to donate this year or I'm going to – so it is is quite an extreme situation. But because of how many seasons, like we said, we never remember life pre the block, Mm. right, just being on the telly as you're cooking up your stir fry on a Tuesday or whatever. Like they're obviously looking for new takes every time. So I remember remember when it just used to be they would just buy in a, a block or an apartment block and then people would do it up. It's mm. You know, and every year, as we know, you know, stories kind of get 
a bit stale and you want to reinvent things as you know new um you know takes and storylines and i think one of the first years a couple of years ago when they've um you know transformed a, a, a you know not a skyscraper but it was like a a big building you know this year the gatwick like there's a different take so i well, some trying well, eight years in it's getting well, harder some, and harder yeah well, i, I sometimes think. think about well what's going to be next you know what I mean? Like what, they're going to take over a zoo or something. Then yeah. Well, it would not surprise me because it'd like, be like, be well, what oh, are they? Where, where are we going to put the giraffe? What are the challenges? <laughs> or let's um, build on this sewage line. Or, yeah, you like know? how far? So, do you think that they had some level of interest in that building because of the press that? Absolutely. Channeled? Do you? And I don't think necessarily oh, they well, would have been wow. like, but it's such an infamous building, and and I think, but it would have been for sale. But I think in a lot of ways people would have looked at that as a good story. Like you were saying, that fear-driven, let's clean up this, mm. you know, hole of a place mm. that's been a bit of an eyesore, that's dangerous to the community, blah, blah, blah. And I think there was real press and talkability, like we're talking about it now. Because mm. if they just did up any kind of shabby old apartment block in St Kilda, would we be talking about it? The Hell interesting no. thing though, and as, and as it seems, the people that lived in St Kilda have said that actually – it made it, it – it didn't even make it worse. It created a problem that potentially wasn't as big of a problem. It's always going to be – there's always going to be a place where people that are less fortunate and struggling have to go. Mm. Like we can't just put people in the corner and just expect for them to survive somewhere away where we don't look at them or don't see them or don't approach them or, you know, and those types of areas. It's It shouldn't be that when people are struggling that they need to then be living – you know, three hours out of town, away from where everybody yeah. can see them. It's yeah. just there's something really disgusting about that um, idea of let's just put it over in the corner and put a sheet over it and pretend it doesn't exist. It exists. I just remember growing up, I wasn't across the road like from Commission Housing, but it was like not that far away, like around the corner from the suburb where I grew up in Melbourne. And I that was kind of just taught from our from my parents same to deal. be scared of to, it yeah don't yeah. walk past there be a bit oh they live across the road be a bit you know don't make friends with them and it wasn't this like um i don't know it was just this undertone like mm. i don't ever remember being sat down and having an intense mm. conversation around it but there was always just kids, this you pick that vibe. up yeah, yeah totally you pick everything up yeah well it is it's an interesting thing i don't know i i would have thought that it was for i don't know the details so i would have thought it was for sale and Channel 9 bought it and would have thought this is going to be a bit of a PR shit fight and we're going to have to try and manage this right. I don't know if I agree or think that they would have gone looking for that that problem. I, I think if you could essentially get an apartment block in St Kilda, Sands, the homelessness kind of storyline, I think they would have preferred that. I don't think anyone no, but that looks was such, for this. But it was such a an element of that entire season about the I think Gatwick, they had to you know? own it though. I think they had to own it. I think that the way that they approached it from a PR strategy perspective was that we're going to own the, you know, even the fact that the owners bought one of the apartments in the end, they really massaged. Really? I just think the amount of money that Channel 9, like they could be kind of snapping up any kind of... I just don't know if big apartment blocks. Melbourne. Like, well, we're not just know. talking St Kilda, like anywhere. I don't anywhere. know. I, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it is as easy to probably get something as derelict so then the transformation isn't as big. Do you know what I mean? Like, there might be people that own property that want to build their own residential things. It's be competitive, I would imagine. But if you're Channel 9, you've got a pretty big dick to swing around. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of big dicks out there. Mm. 
I mean, not that I've seen recently. Construction. Yeah. Well, you go hang out in the tradey thing. No, then maybe that's what I need to do. No, that's, doing no, that. no that's more terrifying than commission flats. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I've had more trouble walking past a trade site than I have past a I fucking hear, commission I flat. I hear wolf whistling so 1990. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So now I don't know how to begin this because The Star is Born, um, A Star is Born, is a movie that many of you have probably seen starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. People went gaga for it because it was, I guess, will essentially be one of the most memorable films of the year, maybe even the decade. Did you mean to do that? People have gone gaga? Yeah. B. Hey. Yeah. Wordsmith. I did. I did. It just yeah. flowed. Because everything's going to flow with this conversation because everything was so stunning about it. But it is. It is a difficult one when you have a bozo mate that hasn't gone and kept up with the Joneses and refuses. Even though that there are a gazillion reasons you in particular should see it. It's just quite interesting. I think it's because I think there is a reason that I haven't seen it. I think I've been a bit like, no, nah, I go see it on my. I go and see it in my time. Well, we have a show to do. <laughs> like you keep, oh, you keep realizing yeah, yeah, we I do. We, but that's why I'm not fighting it. I'm not going to be like, don't tell me because I should have seen it by now. I, I get that. that. Not just for this, but just for my own self life. Yes, but I think you'll understand my frustration with a part two needing to be a conversation. So now I'm going to have to go off and try and have a conversation with the listeners. You, hey, you guys, but you can't talk back. It's not exactly easy. So where did we leave last week's? So we left on the fact that we did kind of general storylines, like um, the fact that Lady Gaga, it was one of her debut acting roles in a feature film Mm -hmm, mm because she obviously has acted a fair bit in uh, American Horror Story. Oh, which everybody talks about. She's got an Emmy for, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to think now the bits that I suppose – I didn't share last week that were very poignant for me. And the reasons that I found it really hard to watch at times were definitely the um, undertone of addiction uh, dialogue. Um, it's something that I have very, 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 um, how would I say, um, prevalent in my life and have so since 
I was born. Um, and and it's not my story to share of other people's stories, but your story when you are involved in addiction in a family setting becomes your story. And I've learned that a lot this year with a lot of self-work. So it's very it's very um, triggering to watch people and it's very triggering to watch Hollywood storylines around that, I've realised, particularly for this year because this year I've started to do a lot of work purely on that part of my life and those, those, those I guess, wounds that I've definitely um, obtained by being around environments. What do you mean Hollywood stories in, in particular? Like that whole going off to rehab that kind of or addiction yeah just the storyline that we're told whether it's in movies or television shows versus the reality of it Ah, and you know we've spoken a lot on the show talking about your conversation but also just different conversations around addiction you know we did a pretty full-on episode with ricky lee um a few years ago even where she yeah and talking about alcohol and it's um it's a tricky line to walk around for me because it is um it's it's in my family but I, I I have very much realized uh, since I lost my uncle through suicide a couple years ago uh, and started to do a lot of therapy and real work on that particular part and those particular character traits it, it's very real in a way that is never really explained to people and I think the thing that you see on movies or TV shows are that you know, someone might be a deadbeat parent or there's like a relative at a Christmas do that's had too much to drink potentially or there's a distant cousin that might have a drug addiction or there's, you know, Jimmy the neighbour that might have a bit of a, 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 you know, too much on the punt a couple times a year. There's these real kind of very clear um, storylines that we see in here. And then, of course, the one, like you said, the Hollywood rehab story that the you see. The real-life actual actor, not yeah. his character. Yeah, that's yep. right. Um, but also in movies, it could be that anybody goes to rehab. Like it's a very kind of Americanized view of the way addiction works. It's interesting that we were just talking about the Gatwick because I think what isn't told about it is a first and foremost a disease and and what the disease is essentially how that then affects other people and how we approach it as a community and and I think that's because of the storylines that we're told that it is versus the reality so stark and so different and so separate that nobody really knows how to bring it together and work out what's in the middle which is the struggles and pain and under-resource that this disease has for people that are addicted and their family members. Okay, so so what what you're saying then is you, do you think in the Hollywood movies, TV shows, like what we see commercialised in these storylines on, you know, telly shows, movies, you know, whatever, do you think there's like a, a glossy... Not a glossy version of addiction, but like it's a, a story. It's yeah. a it's a story that may happen, um, but it's certainly not a story I can connect to. And it's a story that still will trigger parts about you because there might be that one time that happened, but the reality is very different. And A Star Is Born, as much as it still was very much a Hollywood part of a person that had a severe addiction, yeah, yeah. it still was it did offer a much more modern version and a, and a little bit more of a real take on what it's like to not only watch someone with addiction but to have someone 
that goes through a life being alongside someone with an addiction. And do you think that is a positive thing? Because this is oh, it's very million percent. Yeah, very different. But I don't know. It's just in popped into my head. Remember, um, towards the beginning of the year when Love Simon came out, and it was the first ever lead, um, in a in a commercialized sense anyway, in like a big budget production movie where uh, it was a coming out story mm. essentially that I frothed I loved I was like I think this is so important to be able to have these kind of stories in mainstream and you're like yeah nah because this is like a fairy tale version nice of version it. of it I and know, that's I also still said it was important I just felt like again it was it 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 was selling this same story, this kind of really unrealistic, undirty, um, kind of pretty rosied up version of it. And I just don't, I, I, I think it's damaging. I do. Sarah's Born didn't, now that I've compared the two, it still had the, you know, a lot of the Hollywood stuff in it. But there were lines where she spoke to him when he was in rehab and he did something so terrible to her. You know, she goes on to win um, a Grammy. He gets to the awards fucking wasted drunk, mm. goes up on stage. And this was a little bit unrealistic. But the parts that were realistic were, you know, he pisses his pants mm. on stage. Mm. There's something that you don't really think about the reality if you're with somebody that's drinks too much like you yeah. you don't think of the details then they have to take him off and, and give him a shower that's it's really confronting you don't think of what the reality is you don't think about when she says can you come to a rehearsal and he doesn't show it was it was interesting so then back to the rehab part she talks to him about how um how he apologizes to her yeah. for doing that. Yeah. And she looks at him and says, um, I'm going to get emotional now. She looks at him and says, it's not you, it's your disease. And the amount of conversations, you know, that you have when you're involved with somebody that struggles, that you have to remind yourself because it's not like cancer where you know if your uncle falls sick of cancer or your parent and they snap at you because they've had a week or two weeks of chemo it's very easy to kind of say oh fuck they're going through a rough time you know they've got they're sick you know they've got with this form of, of illness it's it's not put as um, it's not as clear. The parameters aren't clear like that. It, a lot of the things come across very personal and very like it's um, a choice. It's yeah, it could mm. be a choice. Yeah, it could be a choice mm. that they hurt you, or it could be a a decision they've made, or it's something that they've personally done. You know, because we we romanticize all of it, and so it isn't really taken as serious as it is. And so when she had that kind of that strength to be able to see something that so many people find hard and take so fucking personally was a good moment Mm. and there were lots of moments and if you've seen the film it doesn't end well um and and the scene particularly um for me was where he kills himself is a very very similar storyline to what I have experienced in the past Mm. couple years in my family so it was full on, mm. full on. So 
in the nitty gritties of it, there was these incredible moments of song and whatever, but the underlying storyline of it to me was that there were moments and wording, scripting yeah. and and approaches to something that it's not we're not there yet, but there were improvements to the way they told this story that made it very, very real and made it, it allowed people to feel like they could come out and say, I know someone that goes through this, because mostly people don't. Because, well, by the sounds of it, I mean, this is the third time the movie's been remade, mm. right? First mm. with Judy Garland, then Barbara Streisand, and now Gargs. So it sounds it sounds like there have been elements of it that have been modernised to make more relatable mm. to society and to people and the way we live now, right? Mm. I mean, this is <laughs> I'm saying this without mm. having seen the movie. No, but totally. And the and the music and everything is very you know 2018. Like it's all kind of written. But I think I think Bradley Cooper's wrote it a million times though, so I think he's been writing it for years. Not not to mention, I think we probably ready now in 2018 and, and as a people and as a society I don't know you can I don't know counter this or see what you think about it but I reckon we're probably more ready than we've ever been v you know the 50s when the first incarnation of this movie came out to actually see um, and hear from and get around stories that are more real mm. and more you know probably confronting like I think that, we than are. they've ever been and as I opposed hope... to this glossy, you know, this glossy idea of what addiction or, a, or, or what suicide looks like. I hope that we – I hope that that then leads into – I think that's why I think shows like I was saying, The Love, Simon, are so important because they do really influence society and culture. And it, it, they, it is really very poignant with the way that we watch, how we're entertained, what storylines and how they're told is the key, I think. Because a, a lot of storylines be are thrown across our, our eyes and, and, and the lack of specifics are what I think can be dangerous because we then start putting everything into boxes. Oh, like this generalised, oh, that's how you come out and now kind his of. family have accepted him. Yeah. And that for a lot of people is Not the, the way they didn't yeah. come out. So yeah. it's completely ostracising yeah. for them and more so than it already was because it's already an ostracising thing to do already. So I think, you know, I hope that if the real stories are coming out and the more, I guess, TVs being commissioned and there's this, I don't know, this real um, shift in answering to the big Hollywood uh, movie exec person that maybe culture and society changes because we are, maybe the storylines are being told in the teeniest bit different. Again, I still think it was a Hollywood version, but there were parts that, that really um, connected with me and were very strong and, and I am a person that is affected by it. So it was, it, was, it was good in that sense. But at the same time, going back to the Gatwick conversation, the, it's a reality. These aren't just stories. People don't have money to go to rehab um, and there are no options at the moment. I, yeah. It's terrifying. I, I do think more than ever we're more... Um in pop culture and and the and the types of shows and movies that we consume i think there is a real readiness now more so than ever to to connect and see authenticity though don't you think yeah but i, I don't know if the- I, I just hope that though that part then starts to shift 
governments and people into looking at things Fixing as more it. of a pro- yes yeah. Yeah. because you you know it's just it's really full on to hear you know thinking about those homeless people you know thinking about all those kinds of conversations we had earlier in the show well you even look and at now putting it onto things like this it's like it's I, I was coming in here saying that thank goodness there's been some form of shift in a storyline around this and now after the first conversation we had I'm left thinking oh what is it even doing? Well, that's know? the thing. I even think about – it makes me think about um, DV, like domestic violence, like when you see around White Ribbon Day or there's obviously more conversation and an ability for people to talk about it, um, you know, more so and in commercial. It's less of a, a shunned away, let's not talk about hushed tones kind of idea. You know, if you ask, you know, there would be much more awareness around how um, – how often domestic violence happens, the different ways in which it can happen. It's not just a physical, you know, clear cut, black and white, this is, this is not anymore. Mm. There's more awareness mm. and, and general idea around that. But I do, I don't, I always find it terrifying when, I think it was, I don't know, maybe this time last year and and seeing, I think it was for, for White Ribbon um, and the rise of domestic violence and that I was like I what is often happening? think about that because I'm like because you kind of think to yourself we're in 2018 people are more aware than they've ever been we know what it looks like well, there's more people speaking out about you know there's more awareness around like what emotional abuse all this kind of stuff and and surely we're more evolved as people and the way we treat women and the way we raise women and the way we treat our wives and all that kind of stuff and I was like that is is terrifying. Yeah, so that, that it so has you gotten know and doing it worse. anyway. Yeah. Not gotten better, but gotten worse. Mm. I yeah, I just was shook by that. Because mm. you just think I don't know, we it's it's nice to sometimes think we're in this place and we constantly have these conversations with different guests and bits and pieces, you know, around media and different pieces. Oh well surely we're getting better. Surely we're moving to a more even playing field. Surely, you know, the issues that, you know, were fifty years ago are improving, yeah? It's like, yeah, that's... Very slightly. It's, yeah, probably true. But then there's, I don't know, sometimes it's not always the case. Mm. Mm. So it is. It is a, it's a pretty full-on movie. And I think it just makes me think that a lot of people that were involved in that film have experienced things close to the storylines. Because mm. there was a real grounding in the story told mm. 13 11 14 is lifeline australia um you can get in contact with them or lifeline.org.au if any of this conversation um has in any way been triggering to you or maybe i don't know someone you know i think as well if you are somebody like me that is a family member or has gone through something um the support programs like the you know the group programs that are that run are, are incredibly incredibly powerful yeah um they've been around for a very long time and i just think that it's something that has helped me Mm. Mm. okay i'm gonna go see the movie now yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um and sorry if we gave away things but we will we'll put disclaimers and stuff oh yeah 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 
yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, thanks, guys. If you are interested in coming to see our show, we are going to announce our guest panel in the next coming weeks. Tickets have gone really well. <laughs> we have bigger rooms this year for a lot of them, but they have still sold like hotcakes. So don't leave it till the last minute because I don't think we'll be selling out tomorrow, but we certainly, uh, I believe, will sell out by the time we get to the show. So I wouldn't want you to get to the last week and get busy with Christmas and blah, blah, blah and, and miss out. Yeah, well, they're in December and speaking of Christmas, maybe that can be a Chrissy present that you give to somebody or, or it's an excuse for you, I don't know, to actually get your friends together and be accountable to catch up before Christmas. Thethinkergirls.com.au is where all of the deets, all of the different shows in Sydney, Brizzy, Melbourne and Adelaide are. We would love to see you there. So many of you have reached out for Adelaide. Um, at Brisbane and Adelaide, we're talking to you guys. If you are listeners of the show... Um, it is a really interesting place we find ourselves because we uh, run a, run our own show here. We put um, our own money up to try and get these tours up. We really try very hard to gauge where, you know, it's not so much about making millions of dollars, but where we can find ourselves um giving people the content they want and finding the listeners across the country. And Adelaide and Brisbane, we haven't been to you before. So Melbourne and Sydney, we appreciate your support and we can't wait to see you again and again. But if you do live in Brisbane or you do live in Adelaide and you are thinking about coming or maybe you listen to the show, we have done this show for so many years and and don't ever charge for it. Um, And it's not so much that we necessarily want you to come to the show so we can get money from your ticket, but I think it is a real interaction of a way for us to say, okay, if we were to come again, where would we go? Where are our listeners? Who wants to actually get more than just the podcast and be able to gauge an idea of of where you are and where Mm. you're at? So um, if you are in Adelaide and Brizzy, we are really intrigued and and interested to see how many of you are out there. Um, And we still are. So we'd love to know if you were around, if you were thinking about coming you know, push through and, and come by and, and let us know that you've been listening to the show and, and you are fans of what we do. It's it's actually an action that we require to be able to see where we put our business and energy and grow our audience. Not like, to mention heaps of people come to shows on their own too. Yeah. So if you're in one of those places thinking, oh, God, I've listened to that podcast for a couple of years, but shit, there's no way. Oh, I, I don't even know any, anyone else that would come or would listen or I can't bring my boyfriend because it's a girl's thing. A, it's not. And B, Heaps of single people come on their own too. Yeah. And not yeah, just single, yeah. but just people just come yeah, on their own. Can't you, yeah, she means come solo. Yeah, yeah. solo. So if you are one of those, make sure you get a ticket. We would love, 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 love to see you. And the show won't be on the show on the podcast channel, so it will be a live show. We can't wait to announce all of our guests because the conversations are going to be great. Oh, they're going to be good. If you like this episode, you can rate and review. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, if you enjoyed the show, we would love and appreciate your support. Rate and review it on iTunes or subscribe to the show. You may be listening every week, yet not a subscriber, and all of it helps other people find out about where we are. This podcast is presented by Stacey June and Christy Mercer. It's also produced by me, Stacey June, and produced and edited by Jordan Lott. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 